0: Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast not affiliated with any particular 12 step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason and I'm an alcoholic and addict.
1: My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic and addict.
0: My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. Welcome back to Sober Solutions. This is episode two. And tonight, we're going to be talking about finding a sponsor and sponsorship. And tonight, we're going to have Chris kick us off. Welcome. You know, I'm uh, amazed
1: it's our third episode already. Uh, Yeah, like Jason said, tonight's topic is going to be on sponsorship. Um, Although we're not specifically promoting any recovery programs, um, for me a sponsor was necessary to maintaining my uh, sobriety. Um, Similar to Jason last week, I'm gonna tell you an abridged version of my story and discuss my long process to get into the rooms and finally asking a sponsor for help and ultimately uh, guidance. Um, My evolution to addiction was a slow progression uh, I think it was fueled by starting smoking in seventh grade, um, followed by years of lack of consequences. Um, you know, the, the student with good grades and who played sports just wasn't the person to get in trouble in my town. Um, ultimately, I graduated college. Um, I made good money, which led to extravagant new york city nightclubs vegas trips um, 10 years of jersey shore houses and basically living a single life in various states uh, with my job uh, through that time however i was able to limit my partying to just the weekends i was going to the gym during the weeks i was advancing my career um, and i was basically being a functioning adult um, That's until I had my second knee surgery. Um, I played in a uh, club basketball league and essentially after that, uh, the doctor prescribed painkillers. What was different this time is the first time I had a limited amount and the prescription ended after my first surgery. Uh, This time, the doctor prescribed a very high amount um, of Oxy, and one refill led to another refill, which ultimately led to a monthly recurring prescription, which grew in quantity and strength until one day the government basically across the state uh, cracked down on these shady doctors, and my prescription ran out. And at that time, I was fully addicted. Um, And that led me to find a dealer, which, you know, at that time, I could say that I was a full, fully addicted uh, addict. I was buying drugs on the street and in full state of addiction. Um, We discussed surrender last week um, with Jason, and I would say it took me three detoxes, two rehabs countless relapses in about six years to get to the point I am today. I'm I'm kind of glossing over and fast forwarding through my journey. However, I really want to focus on the sponsorship portion, Uh, but just know that it did take a very long progression. Uh, My wife's been with me through this whole process pretty much. And this last time, uh, once I got out of rehab, finding a sponsor was an integral part of me maintaining sobriety. Uh, I've actually had two sponsors. The first one, a good friend of mine who sadly passed away from the disease, uh, introduced me to my first sponsor. He was funny. He um, he was from the area I was in. Uh, we We clicked. We talked the same, and I really respected the fact that he had time and that when he talked, people listened, and I listened, and it was a good message. Uh, we started working the steps um, in my program, which is a step work program. Uh, we started the process, and I was really doing well with him uh, until until his um, his job changed. He worked; for, he went from days to nights, essentially. So. We, so it was just a back and forth on time. Uh, it wasn't working out. We were really trying, we were still talking, but we were never able to meet and actually work the program. I was actually really nervous. I think I talked about this last episode about me trying to get a new sponsor and talking about it. What ultimately happened was he agreed with me. He introduced me to my new sponsor and it's been working out very well since. Uh, we meet every Sunday. We're redoing the steps um, since I relapsed a couple months ago, a few months ago, sorry. And right now we're on the fourth step. So we've been working very well together. You know, in my opinion, there's a few reasons that sponsors are important. Um, I talked about how I am working a step program and a sponsor is taking me through that and guiding I think different programs may call them different things, but essentially a sponsor is your go-to support system. It's the first uh, line of defense. Um, One thing that there's a couple of reasons that I really support having a sponsor and the reasons that it's helped me. Uh, The first is they've been there. They can really relate to you in general. They're a little further in the progression. you know, there's almost nothing that I say to him or say I've done that he hasn't been through or seen or done, whether it's him personally or the people around him. Um, I really respect and look up to the fact on, um, I mean, he has 14 years right now. So it's a constant reminder that recovery is possible. And I think that you need that when you're in these rooms and you're early on in your recovery process, because it's it's just this constant reminder that if you do this, that result can happen. Um, most importantly, he calls me on my bullshit. You know, I, I think that we I've said this before. I can literally sell snow to someone in Antarctica and no matter what I say, he knows if I'm telling the truth or trying to manipulate him somehow. And that's really because we talk every day. And even, even if he doesn't know, he'll ask the right questions to actually dig into. If I'm manipulating a situation or if I'm not being totally transparent, um, he's really good at calling me my, on my bullshit. Um I lean on him when I am having a tough day or I have a big decision. There's so many times that I'm going through a situation and just talking it out helps. You know, he's really good at just listening sometimes. Um, And I think that a lot of people should do this, whether they're in recovery or not, before making a big decision, talk it out. Because you'll talk yourself most times into the correct answer, uh, you know, through through just talking. And if not, just, uh, you know, Ben, Ben always says pause. I think it's Ben. <laughs> the The art of the pause, not making a uh, quick decision. Um, he keeps me grounded, you know, often recovery. I feel invincible or I feel overconfident. Uh, He does a good job in making me stay the course, making me um, work the program, be patient, uh, you know, not do too many things at once. And he makes my focus clear. Um, I think importantly is we have a good time together. It's fun. He's, He's not too serious. Uh, I'm hoping that he's a lifelong friend, my old sponsor. I think I talked to him more than I did before. Uh, he's definitely part of my sports support system. And Jason said this to me before, I think, I think it was a couple weeks ago, but sponsors aren't set in stone there. It's a, uh, it's an evolution and it's fluid. Uh, situations change, people change, uh, recoveries change. And your sponsor is your sponsor at that time. Um, If you change, that doesn't mean they're not there for you. It doesn't mean they're not there in your support system. And that's important to know because it's very uh, stressful to switch sponsors, in my opinion. And it shouldn't be, but it is um, because you have this relationship that you're tied to. And one thing that ultimately I want to get to, and one of the most important things about sponsorship is you get to pay it forward someday after I'm done working the steps and I have enough time under my belt, I can start sponsoring people. Um, It's different for each program time and uh, when you're allowed to and when you're not, but ultimately it's when you're secure enough to give that guidance to someone else and, that's one of the most important things about sponsorship is taking that advice, taking that, um, those lessons and passing it on to another recovering alcoholic or addict. Um, that's kind of my journey through sponsorship. Um, I'd really like to open it up to Jason who is actually in sponsor in the, uh, process of sponsoring a few people and get his, uh, view on that.
0: Yeah, thanks, Chris. You know, it's what's really interesting is um, you, you made some really great points, and how your sponsors, both of them, um, kind of had different personalities, and you had different relationships with them. And you're right, the the sponsor, even though you have a friendly relationship with your sponsor, um, that's not what your sponsor is there for. If, if you choose, if the listeners choose to have a sponsor, um, you know, as a sponsor myself, I'm not there to be friends with my sponsees. I'm not there to be their job coach or their therapist or, you know, anything like that. I'm there to take them through the recovery process the way that I did, because I, if they want what I have, that's the only thing I know how to do is, is give it back to them. Um, I I do try and and make it fun. You know, I I think that um, there's this level of camaraderie. I know for me with my sponsor, he's the one person on this planet that knows absolutely everything about me. I used to be the type of person that would tell my family a little bit about me, my friends a little bit about me, my partner a little bit about me. And no one would really know me 100%. Um, and if you go through the, the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous like I do, I did a fourth step, which then leads to the fifth step, which, which really is me talking about my fourth step with my sponsor. And in that step, I expressed every single bit of, about me. And when I left that meeting with him, he was the only person on this planet who knew absolutely everything about me. Um, I I liked how you were talking about how he's there and he calls you out on your bullshit. Um, What's really interesting is that it's not necessarily just us as sponsors that do that, but we can tell when you're bullshitting yourself. I know when I'm bullshitting myself and, and if I'm honest in my program, I call myself out on my bullshit before my sponsor does. And that's what makes it successful for me. Um, you know, I think you're absolutely right in the fact that the number one, um, thing that I can do as a sponsor is to listen, because like you said, my sponsees will eventually get to that spot. And, and my job as a sponsor isn't to give them the answer all the time. It's to help them walk this journey because I have my sobriety today because not because of the steps that I took, but by the times that I fell. And I by getting up that one more time and by making those mistakes, by learning those life lessons, I was able to get to the, to the, uh, answers that I needed to. So Ben, tell me a little bit about your journey in sponsorship.
2: You know, sponsorship. I mean, this being my first time, just, you know, I was really hesitant to never mind getting to get a sponsor. I was hesitant to get into a meeting. So this whole thing, it was, it was very, It it, it was it it took a lot for me to get to that point, you know, and I and I understand why the fourth step can be so daunting. Because this idea that somebody else has to know everything, it was it was the biggest hurdle I think I had faced. Um, And it, it just comes down to Finding the right sponsor and finding someone you can trust. For me, the the sponsor, as I understand it now, is is simply somebody. He they are all those things. They're a support person. They're a confidant. They're a teacher, and and my sponsor is teaching me the way he was taught. And it's not a um, it's not a you do it my way. It's just this is the way I was shown and i think being honest it starts from that very first phone call and the very first phone call of the way, the way i found my sponsor was it was you couldn't be more perfect for this 21st century zoom re- recovery scene i got into my very first meeting which you know we'll touch on in a later episode um, but i get into the zoom meeting and i look at the top left corner and then during the preamble, they're going, who wants to be a sponsor? And the guy that was, was hosting the meeting raised his hand. And I said, okay, he's running this meeting. He, he was offering to be a sponsor. Seems like a pretty good choice. And that was how I made my decision. And I haven't looked back since. And it's just, its my higher power absolutely looking out for me because I mean, the, the things, the commonalities we have are unbelievable. And the thing that, that I found very early on was I would come to him with a problem and he wouldn't, it's not that he didn't care about the details because he cares about me as an individual but the problem or the solution to my problem was not a piece of sage advice he was gonna give me. It wasn't something specific to that problem. It was, have you prayed on it? Have you read, you know, have you gone back to your book? And, and that's he, he, he turned me back to the program he was taught and I'm fortunate that that's worked for me I understand that it does not work for everybody that, that same way and one of the things that I think I've found a lot is that and and you know I've, I've, I've been meaning to pick Jason's brain about this is because I'm getting to the point in my program where I'm starting to put my hand up to to um, to, to start to offer to sponsor other men, you know, it's th- there's this intimate connection where you go in knowing you're going to have to be willing to hear whatever this person has to say. But there's also the possibility that you either do or don't get to that point and that relationship ends. So, you know, Jason, I wonder what that's like for you, the, you know, have you dealt with that, you know, at, at all in, in your sponsoring of others?
0: Yeah. So that, that's a really great question. So, um, my, I I guess I'll, I'll, I'll step back and say, you know, I wasn't sure if I was ready to start sponsoring people. Um, Mm -hmm. and my sponsor and I had that, that question and he said, listen, I think you are, you just need to think you are and don't, it on your ass and think that you know, overthink it. Just do it. Because the program of recovery that this person's in is vast. It's it, it has many more people in it than you. You can't screw them up. So just go for it. And I said, okay, I could do that. And the first sponsor that I, I got, um, he was great. We we clicked on a on a meeting um and then a couple of weeks went by where he said hey you know i'm i'm so sorry i i found someone closer to me is that okay we we live pretty far apart and i want someone closer to me and i was like absolutely and chris you, you talked a little bit about how you had to change sponsors and i think for me and this is just my personal opinion every sponsor is a temporary sponsor because if For one reason or another, distance, personalities don't click, you get through the steps, you want to do the steps a different way, whatever it is, I should be able to go up to someone, my sponsor, and say, hey, it's time for me to find a new sponsor. And as the person who got told that, I had no reason to take that in any other way than, okay, he needs to find someone that's closer to him or a better fit for him. And there was no personal feeling on that. Now, to your, to your other point, you know, about the personal connection, um, I've had sponsees tell me, Jason, I've never told anyone this before. And then they tell me what they tell me. And my reaction's the same. I sit there and I look at them. Because anything they tell me does not affect me. It does not impact me. This is them and their story. And in fact, I've had um, one of my sponsees tell me, he was like, I can't believe that I just told you this and you didn't respond to it. I said, why would I? I've done 10 times worse. He was like, what? I was like, trust me, I've done a lot worse than this. And he was like, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. And I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's the relationship that I want to have is... I want to be able to tell my sponsees everything about me and I need them to tell me everything about them. And if that trust isn't in the relationship, then it has to, you have to find a different relationship because the, the level of, of intimacy, as you said, has to be there to be able to use that person as the one that's guiding you through this journey.
2: Right. I, I think the other thing that I'm, I'm hearing is that it's, there has to be empathy. You know, you, you're, you're, and I haven't been on that side of the conversation yet, but when, when I was sharing my you know, going through that step, you know, that was my most vulnerable that I've ever been, you know? And so there's this, you know, I imagine there has to be this empathy that, as a sponsor, you're dealing with somebody who's at their most vulnerable, and for them to to not receive judgment from you, I, you know, and that's it's the it, just speaking for myself. When my sponsor, I told him, you know, the, the things that I had to tell him, and there was no judgment. It was just kind of matter of fact, like, okay, good, you got that off your chest, great. Are you ready to change those behaviors now? Like, and 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 it was just we, we didn't sit in it we didn't dwell in it and it was it it moved right along so so you, yeah it, it, it's I, I love conversations like this because you know it, its it's one of those things and I love what you said about it being temporary because it has to do if, if I'm going to do this I'm going to do this for the rest of my life so things are going to change and maybe my sponsor has to change um but you know Chris what what, what do you got there?
1: Yeah, no, I really like the lack of judgment and empathy. You know, you have been been successful from, you know, today up to today and um, not relapsing. My sponsor was there when I did relapse uh, in November. And that is another thing that really helped guide me back so fast. You know, previous to this stint in rehab, when I relapsed, it was nine, 10 months of just continuing. Right. But I didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't accountable to any rooms. Um, I didn't have someone calling me and checking up on me and vice versa, calling them and checking up on them. And I think a major reason that I relapsed and two days later was back in the rooms was because my sponsor, I told him, He didn't have judgment, like Jason said. He looked at me and said, okay, do you want to get clean and sober? I said yes, and we were back at it, and that's important. I think, Jason, you hit it on the head when you said, you know, you can't react like you're this horrible person because, I mean, Jason, you were trying to get clean for, I think you said, 10 years. I I was I mean, if, if you really count from when I started, you know, many years more than that, but I was trying to get clean for six years. Uh, My sponsor was in jail for 10 years and even using during that, I mean, he was using for 40 years, I think. So like, he's been there. He knows the struggle of relapsing and the fact that he didn't judge. And I, I mean, I, when I called him, I was like crying. I was a mess. My, I thought my wife was leaving me. I, it was a disaster. But he came to my house. He actually drove to my house. We sat there, we talked, and he was there and just compassionate and had, like you guys said, empathy and uh, no judgment.
0: Yep. Now, Ben, you were talking about, um, you know, how how you kind of picked your sponsor. You know, the, the guy that was chairing the meeting, hey, he's chairing the meeting, so he must be, be good. He raised his hand, you know. Yeah. Um, some of the things that I... Uh, have picked up over the last few months is some of the questions that I think would be good to ask a potential sponsor. Um, and then I'll, I'll I'll say these out and then just tell me what you guys think, see if you wanna add anything. Um, but one is how long have you been sober? Um, two is have you completed the steps in the program that, that I'm following? Uh, three, how would you take me through the steps? If I, if I become your sponsor, um, four, do you have a sponsor? Because at least for me, that, that was a big thing for me because I know if, um, my sponsor either doesn't have a sponsor or maybe like a four B question to this would be, when's the last time you talked to your sponsor? Because I know that there's at least one person or two people out there that are like, oh, Jason's my sponsor, but I haven't talked to him in months. You know, that that doesn't work. So, you know, those are some of the things that I think would be helpful when, when looking for a sponsor. Do you guys have anything else to add? I would yeah. say
1: the only other one would be your work schedule. Like if you had conflicting schedules. So yeah, kind of like, do you have time? Yeah, do you have time? Well, do does our time match? I would say, I mean... If if you work weekends or and I work during the week, you know, it doesn't really mesh well. Yes, you guys might be able to talk on the phone, but can you actually work a program with your sponsor if you're not able to physically meet? So I, I do like all the questions you had. I, I think schedule is a is a big one too that I didn't think about when I picked my first sponsor. Yeah, that's
2: I a great are, yeah, I think those are all great practical questions to ask. And you know, that's one of the things you know, when we were in, in rehab that that they were they talked about is you you want to interview your sponsor. I this being my first go-around, I was a little hesitant to interview my sponsor, if you will, because I didn't know it was almost a who was I to question this individual. So I didn't, I didn't do any of those questions outwardly. Um, my, I really kind of, it was two things. One was, do I want what this person has?
0: Mm. And
2: after talking with him for, you know, seeing how he conducted himself in the meeting, I said, this guy is pretty squared away. You know, this, this seems like it has a possibility. And the second thing was when I talked to him on the first time later that, that day, um, they, he, he said, he said, Look, i don't know if you've got this thing like i've got this thing and i didn't know what that meant at the time i really didn't understand what he meant and i i i understand what he means now if if he was saying if you've got addiction like i've got addiction where where this thing's trying to kill me if i don't if i don't work this thing then then this is what it's going to take and and so that level of dedication is something that I really needed. I needed to see somebody who was, who was dedicated, you know, he attends, he, we attend the same home group, you know, part of the same home group, attend daily morning meetings. It's, I've, I've, he's, he's also got a podcast, you know, we, we really I I think I might have taken the want what this person has a little too literally because (laughs) the the microphone set up and everything that I take a pretty good meeting for in the meetings. Um, Well, that's
0: that's actually a good point, Ben, you know, because I've I've heard a number of people who say, um, I chose my sponsor because I wanted what they had, but what I wanted were the things that they had and not the sobriety that they had. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great distinction that you were just making. You know, you, you yes, of course, the, the microphone set up, but mm-hmm. I know, especially when I was getting sober in New York, um, I chose a, a guy who was a, a movie star because I didn't want to uh, disappoint him. I wanted to be around that circle. And I've heard other people say, well, I saw him have the, the fancy car or the big house or the pretty wife or the handsome husband or the whatever, and not really look at their sobriety. And then it just doesn't work out, you know? So I think that's a really, really great, great distinction. Yeah. Yeah. One last question that I just thought about while you said that is
1: what are the expectations for me? So how, what, what do you need from me in this relationship? You know, we, we do interview the sponsor and I remember, you know, the other day I was at a meeting and this guy was saying, Oh, my sponsor's making me do this, this, this. And I was just thinking all the whole time, well, did you guys talk about this in the beginning? Cause that is something that my sponsors brought up. Um, the second sponsor specifically was like, all right, every Sunday, we're going to meet, you know, I know you have a family, so I'm not too rigid, but, we're going to meet on Sundays. We're going to go to this meeting. You'll get here an hour early. I expect you to call me for the first month every day after that. We, so he was very specific. Yep. And that's something that I think when you get out or you start the sponsorship program might be a cultural shock to you. You might have someone that you talk to once a month. That yep. might be how that sponsor works. But then you might have the complete opposite where they're like, you didn't call me today. What's wrong with you?
0: Yeah, it's, that's a, that's an excellent point, Chris. And and I think for the listeners um, to ask what you said, you know, what are your expectations of me? But as the relationship goes, if it is too much or too little. So right. for me, I, I had a sponsor who was like, call me every day, call me every day. And for me, that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Now, shout out to Darian for my sponsor. Um, you know, he was like, listen, I'm not here to be a helicopter sponsor. This is your program. You need to work it. I'm here to work you through the steps. That's it. Now we did become friends and he is, he's a great role model for me, even though he's 12 years younger than me, but (laughs) two years more sober. And he, he and I have this relationship where I called him when I needed him, but he could tell when I was getting out of my, my sink. It was, telling, he, he could tell when I was in a funk and he would call me out on it. So I had a, a sponsee tell me, listen, you know, we we, we meet every Sunday. You want me to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. You want me to do this. You want me to do that. First of all, everything I say is just a suggestion. You could tell me to go to hell if you really want to, but if you want the sobriety I have, this is what I did, you know? and she said let's talk about this because it's too much for me and i said okay let's rework some of this so it's it's really a partnership it's not you know the sponsors up on a pedestal and the sponsees down in the dirt it's a partnership and and it really has to work as such So wonderful, wonderful news. Um, For the listeners, I would love for you to uh, send us a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or shoot us an email uh, to let us know what you think about today's episode uh, about sponsorship. And as always, each and every one of our episodes is dedicated to the alcoholic and addict who is still suffering inside and outside of the rooms as well as the individual who is about to pick up for the first time tonight. Thank you so much, boys, and have a great night. Have a great one, guys. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We wanna hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.